black helicopter crowd notion. The tyranny is always working just around the corner. It's never secure. They've been crazy, but now they're right. Black helicopter crowd really is upset. The people are stupid and they're drunk. There'll be a revolution and they're going to lose. There are too many guns and too many people ready to fight them. I am a man of peace, but we have gangsters running this country. Criminals, gangsters. We're normal. We see total criminal takeover. The death of freedom. It is the most corrupt, degenerate, criminal government in American history. I'm trying to awaken people, but look at the morons around you. They're zombies. Hello and welcome to Black Helicopter News. I'm Andrew Robinson and today our guest is Damian Rucci. What is up, my friend? What's up, man? <laughs> Haven't seen you since episode 8. Now here we are, number 24. 24, man. Yo, you've been trucking them out, man. I, that's what's great, dude. Trucking them out. <laughs> yeah, I gotta keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah, man. Just keep putting out episodes and stuff like that. I want to get your take on a couple issues in the news. Today, Bill Cosby actually officially had criminal charges. I saw made. that. I saw it. You know what I find very interesting? New Jersey News 12 put up an article about Bill Cosby. I saw that. And they used a picture of him wearing an orange sweatshirt as if it was like him in the jail cell, right? Dude's clickbait. You know, everyone needs it. They need that ad revenue. People need to click it. But as for the Bill Cosby, I think I said it in the last podcast about how he uh, blocked me. Did I tell you about that? I made some, uh, you know, a couple jokes. He didn't really think it was funny on <laughs> Twitter. I was talking about how uh, Bill Cosby really enjoys pudding, you know, putting his dick where it don't belong. And uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby didn't think it was funny or whoever works for him, so he blocked me. But I'm actually happy, man. And I've been very critical about our prison industrial system and the way that prisons have used as a profiteering scheme. But you know what, man? There was a victim in these crimes, right? And listen, I think we've learned a valuable lesson as a culture, right? If one woman cries rape, we should listen to her. If 30 cry rape, we should definitely probably listen, okay? You know, I just find it mind-boggling that we saw, like, <laughs> half the society came out. They're like, that's Mr. Huxable. He would never. And then I I feel like the black community came out really hard. I don't know if you saw it on social media. They were like, oh, that's like one of our idols. But they brought up a good point. They said, listen, they said, you can't say anything because this is America. He's not guilty yet, right? But now now he is. Now it was yeah. a turn. I put on Twitter before I was like, you know, uh, so who, who agrees that Bill Cosby is in fact guilty now? You know, like, it's a shame. And supposedly he was a weird guy. I've heard on other podcasts from comedians and they've said that like he would pay people to watch him eat and he was just a very weird Whoa. dude. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's weird as hell, man. It's the was off with him, but guess what? He can fight all he wants to. I have a terrible feeling about Bill. I think Bill's gonna kick the bucket soon. He's an old dude. Yeah. All that stress on him. You know, usually when things like this happen, like, you know, with uh, Don Vito, the guy from Viva La Bam, yeah. like, all that shit came at him. He wasn't even that old. I think he was in his 50s. He, he croaked out, you know? It, it happens. Moving on, Star Wars animator recently admitted that he took LSD while working on Return of the Jedi. Yes. That is a guy out from my own heart. <laughs> More <laughs> proof that some of the most creative and productive minds have been stimulated by psychedelics. I'm actually, uh, you know, I've had, it's funny. Our friend Finn was over the other day, and we had a very long, candid conversation about psychedelics. He actually dropped me off that book. It's called Further Conversations with Don Juan. It's about this guy's his explorations into using mescaline and peyote in like the desert back in like the 60s. I've always been very tentative when it comes to psychedelics, but I've always found them to be, you know, obviously they're major beneficiary agents, okay? Steve Jobs was an avid LSD user in his youth. Wow. So many different ones. They're saying that the people who wrote some of the earliest Judeo-Christian texts were eating mushrooms. I heard that, yeah. There was a book that came out in 1970 called The Mushroom and the Cross, and that book was largely discounted by the scholars at the time, of course. However, one of the professors at Jerusalem University, I think it was like five years ago, in 2009, six years ago, he came out so that he supported the book. So that's a big academic. I actually have never done a psychedelic. I do use cannabis very regularly. I find it 
to be a beautiful substance for my creativity, for putting me in perspective. I'm the kind of guy where I'll say something to you in passing that I thought was clever, something funny. And then I'll get stoned later and I'll be like, oh man, I think he thought that was an insult. Oh, I gotta work on myself. <laughs> like, I've been very fortunate that with my use of uh, cannabis and cannabis oils and other things that I, I largely have, I don't want to say psychedelic experiences. I smoke fairly regularly, like four to five times a week at least. But it affects me very, very hard body. And I've been preparing myself through meditation, through really deep soul searching that I want to eventually take the plunge into psilocybin and LSD. I don't want to go out there and get fucked up. I really, as lame as it sounds and cliched, I want to get on the pathway to enlightenment. You know? And, hey, that's legitimate. And that's not a destination, man. You know, it's not like, you know, like Buddha said that before enlightenment, put foot in boot, tie boot, grab rake. After enlightenment, put foot in boot, tie boot, grab rake. I met people recently through yoga that have taken ayahuasca, DMT. Wow. Smoked it, drank it. It helped them get to the level where they're at now. These are two yoga teachers I know that travel the world. And one guy that's in Red Bank, actually. I completely agree with these kind of things, man. This whole entire society, you know, we've always looked at drugs. and I'm not talking about just psychedelic drugs. Drugs themselves, narcotics, and different kind of things. Every, as uncommon as this is to say, this is a very uncommon thing to say. You're going to get some hate mail from me saying this, so don't edit this part out, right? Drugs have negative effects and positive effects. We would have never had 90s music without the use of heroin. Yeah. As sad as I say, and how many lives it took, releasing you know, Alice in Chains and, and all these other bands, right? And Kurt Cobain, all these things. However, that drug really influenced that time. And in the 80s, man, we would have never had the craziness of the 80s without the advent of the big widespread Coke distribution throughout the country from Miami. And the 60s, we would never had the 60s and the late early 70s without LSD and marijuana. And, you know, we would never had early jazz without the use of weed. I find it very interesting. It's very common amongst black kids in our generation who sell weed. They'll say, do you want that loud? I was, I was always curious, where does that come from? I've always liked the way that words find their way into vernacular. Turns out, white people would say, it was a very common expression in the 20s, that they didn't like marijuana because it made the jazz music too loud. Wow. Wow. I, right? <laughs> I thought that was a recent term. You, yeah, right? I thought it was recent. I think that drugs have had profound effects on culture in good and bad ways. You know, let it not be forgotten that the Aztecs used psilocybin mushrooms to speak to Quetzalcoatl and sacrifice 80,000 souls once a year. That was a psychedelic induced. Graham Hancock uh, really illustrated that in his book, War God, which he talks about how Hernan Cortez from Spain landed in the Yucatan Peninsula. It's a fiction book, but it's based in fact. It's like a historical fiction. Yeah. He was the author of Fingerprints of the Gods. Drugs have positive and negative effects, and I think as a culture and as, as adults in society, we need to look at these things. Because everything has an inverse reaction. We still should have the ability to not have the government regulate what we can put in our bodies. Of course. And end the drug war, finally. Marijuana? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go to the supermarket <laughs> and buy some. Yeah. Mushrooms. Ayahuasca. Hey, uh, let me get a, uh, let me get an ounce. <laughs> you know, those are the things, man. And as for the drug war, we like to attach the term war onto these different ideologies give them weight. However, let it not be forgotten that the drug war is literally a war. It's a war on us as a people. Like Tupac Shakur said, instead of a war on poverty, we have war on drugs so the police can bother me. Is yeah, shift that focus maybe to the war on poverty. Of course, well, that's never going to happen. There's, but there are more foreclosed homes than homeless people. That is absurd. We need to fix the homeless problem. That's a big issue. I think it's a little bit differently, and I blame the government less for this. I find that there are three detrimental issues with that lead to the homeless population. One of them is our drug policies. Instead of trying to use rehabs and reinvesting money into our educational systems, we use it to build larger prisons. We are right now incarcerating 25% of our country's population That's in jail. Insane. I could be wrong, but I said this yesterday in a podcast with Dylan Hart, that they say one in three young black males will be in prison by the time he's like 25. That's disgusting. Two. So now a lot of these people are drug or alcohol users, and that's the problem. They are addicted or they're in a point where they can't return from. Dr. Carl Hart doesn't believe in addiction, but he believes 
believes that there are psychological disorders that arise from living in an unsavory way, right? Two, there's a major mental health issue. I, I want to say, I don't want to say epidemic, but there's a huge issue going on. And the way we've treated our veterans, and I don't believe in war, but since the end of Korea, we, the way we've taken our veterans back in has been completely disgusting. First of all, Korea and Vietnam and Iraq, these were wars that were unpopular with the public. So the people just lauded these men. They would call them baby killers, all these things. But the government also, you know, and I've, for a long while I've been a libertarian, but I've been taking very small government. But the government, how are you going to take these men who you literally just drove off the war using conscription? <laughs> or are we going to just like leave them on the streets? And I think a third issue is this cultural thing that arrives. And this is the idea that why would a guy get a job? Now, this is not all of that, but I met a musician the other night. I did a reading in Harrison, New Jersey at Stretch Studios. And I met a musician who he busks for money. Pretty much he performs, right? And he makes money. People tip him, which is cool. That's that's cool, right? Yeah. He makes dough from doing that. He doesn't have a job. He's not going to get a job. Good, which is good on him. But there are people who don't have a hustle. They don't have an art. And they just stand there with a cup. Like on the way to Harrison, we drove through Newark and there are people just knocking on windows. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. I've been through some bad parts, man. People knocking on windows, begging for change in styrofoam cups. Now think about this, right? That guy gets out there at 6 a.m., okay? He, now, people are like, oh, he's probably making better than your money. Mm-mm-mm. I've heard stories of these guys walking out with 100 200 $250, $300. Now, some people are literally stuck in this paradigm. There was a very upsetting video of this poor guy who was like, I make just enough money for a room and, and food, and that's sad. I'm sorry to hear that, you know, but there's other people who say, hey, man, I got a grandma crack tonight. I got enough money for a rose stem, some chore boy, you know what I'm saying? and a lighter you know that's and it's sad and that's the truth we need to better invest in our educational system in our people and we need to just completely overhaul and i'm not saying go bernie sanders socialism route i'm talking about like literally as a culture just look at these people and be like hey man listen you want a job so bad why aren't you waiting by the 7-eleven with the mexican dudes whatever you get everybody wants to say trump wants to say whatever the mexicans are the hardest working people i've known of you mean they wait out there by the 7-eleven keyboard at 5 a.m in the morning until they get picked up for work they work their asses off you know and maybe we need to have some sort of program we can give these jobs to the, of the homeless population. I say we take, this is my, my solution for everything. I say we take a million pounds of psilocybin mushrooms, okay? We're going to grind them down to a fine powder. We're going to put them in the stealth bombers of our Air Force. And we're going to go to the top of the sky and just drive across and boom! And just carpet bomb the world with psilocybin. Grammy Award winner and platinum recording artist, President Zen One. His debut studio album, Philosopher's Stone. Including the smash single, New World Order. President Zen One, Philosopher's Stone, the digital album. Available on iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play, and CDBaby.com. Get your copy today. Andrew Robinson here. At Armageddon Record Shop, we've partnered with eBay to expand our operation. My goal is to find the best deals on the highest quality products and give them to you at the lowest prices possible. The New World Order wants us dependent. We need to be self-sufficient. Visit us at ebay.com slash USR slash Armageddon Record Shop. Books, video games, clothing, and much more. New items every month. Armageddon yeah, Record that, Shop on That eBay. would change things. <laughs> I think that would change everything. I, I think everyone would be like, what? What the fuck are we doing, man? <laughs> yeah, chemtrails, let's put that technology to use, you know? Yeah, right. Marijuana smoke, ayahuasca smoke. <laughs> just, just, just. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, that's like what uh, what Joe Rogan said in this one special. He was like, just spray the fuck out of the Middle East. And they're all like, yo, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm dressed, like, it's 2015. I'm dressed like a genie and I got a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> Did you hear about Bush? He canceled a trip to Europe. There's been calls for his arrest for in Europe. For war crimes? Yeah, torture and others. You know. He may <sighs> never be able to travel there again. I think it's very telling that when Bush was in office, everyone roasted him. Roasted terribly. But now Obama, towards the end of his term, some people are looking back on Bush and like, oh, Oh, man. I'm, and I'm not really sure. You know, part of me thinks that these presidential candidates, I want to think that they are, they mean what they say. Like Obama meant what he said when he, he didn't want to persecute whistleblowers and he wanted to do all these great things. Build his community. And I want to believe that. And I want to believe that Bush literally was terrified by the events of 9-11 and reacted in a way that he saw it as a man. But part of me, good part of me, thinks that when you get in the presidency, man, they sit down and they go, hey, listen, this is what's going on. You see that video of Kennedy? That's gonna be you if you don't listen to what the fuck we're saying. You know what I mean? Don't be stupid. Don't be radical. So that's why you've got Obama following the same principles. That could be why. And you know what? As a pretty good, you know, you blow the president's head off right next to the first lady. That was, I think, the last truly um, name a president since that. And he was only like a year and a half, two years into his term. But name a president since that's been such a maverick, right? A real independent, a real, not independent, but I mean like this really voiceless and really, we don't have one, right? We haven't, you know, people say Jimmy Carter, but they forget that Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter bomb the fuck out of people. Like, he's a smiling Southern Baptist pastor. Meanwhile, he's carpet bombing the fuck out of the Middle East, you and, know? And during Iranian crisis, in like 79, he called for a ban of Muslims yes. coming to America. I want to know why he's still considered a liberal champion, and he did that, and Trump did that. Not that I support Trump, but Trump says that, and all of a sudden, well, he's a I think it's a different culture, man. Because right now, we're in this, like, really weird, um, social justice e area, and I think a lot of it's good, you know? Like, you know, racism's always been a problem, okay? Sexism has been a problem. You know, uh, homophobia has been a problem. Not, not that I, I was aware of. When I was growing up, my friends, didn't, you know, I were blue-collar, low-middle low class, you know, like, everybody was broke, trailer park, nobody gave a fuck if you were gay, trans, you know, whatever. It, it was it was whatever, but largely these things exist. So I think what we're going through now is this really strict PC culture. And with Trump, you know, Trump's like, hey man, I got fuck you money, right? But that's bad. And I don't know if you saw the video, there was a black protester who was like, what are you saying? You're saying something like, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're a racist, or whatever, which I believe him, I, you know, I'm, I'm part of them. And so the security riled him up, and so people started screaming in the background, see Kyle, see Kyle. That's like a Nazi salute. It wasn't a, a large constituent of the crowd, but there were a couple out there. So we must understand that white supremacists do exist in large pockets about the South and the Midwest. And even here, they do support the shit of Trump, because they literally look at Trump as like this like white knight, Ku Klux Klan dude riding to save good old-fashioned white America. You know, I sort of... Like David Duke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a guy at my job. I was working this overnight job just to get a couple bucks for Christmas and this other guy's like, yeah, man, I support Trump. He's gonna make America great again. So I, as a joke, I was with my friend Donnie. I said, yeah, Donnie, watch out. He wants to round up all, you know, he's like, yeah, Trump's a great guy. He's gonna round up all the black guys, right? This guy, without missing a beat, I guess he didn't think I was joking. He goes, hell yeah, he's gonna make America white again. And I think it was like, at that moment, I was like, you're serious. He was. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, Where was this at? Here? In this town? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say the exact spot. You mean, because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to send the Black Lives Matter protesters there. I kind of do though. Assassinate them? Yeah, I am. Because you'll assassinate. be complicit. I'm saying, I'm saying a nice protest. You know, maybe some beer bottles thrown. You know, like. <laughs>
Hey man, don't don't be uh, what do you call it? Incriminating, incriminating, yeah, incriminating myself for inciting a riot on the podcast. If that, that'd be such a great thing to put on my work history, inciting a riot on Black Helicopter News. Well, you heard it here, folks. It's up to you if you want to start this riot. Figure out the location where we're at, track his work history down, and uh, track the people that were working around the time that he said that, and then you can narrow it down from there and find a racist. I want to say something about Trump. Um, he wants to assassinate. Edward Snowden, yeah, which I mean, is something that I'll never get behind him on. He wants to create databases. He wants to close up the internet. These are all things that are my theory. Is this one big troll. Think about this, right? So it's no secret that he doesn't really have any Republican friends. Many of his friends are Democrat. Now, I think the whole bipartisan party thing is bullshit. But he's very good friends with Hillary Clinton, or was. And in 99, there was a meme that turns to be real. It's not just a bullshit meme. Is that uh, he made this whole thing about how if he ran for politics, he'd run as a Republican because they're so stupid, right? Yeah, I saw that. Girl. I think he's in there. Completely destroy the Republican platform and make everyone say, you gotta vote for Hillary. She's the only hope. <laughs> Hillary, are, you know, hmm, he's like, trying to they're like be little Bernie. Bernie gets like no media play just like Ron Paul in 08 exactly. you know that's what I think he's doing like why would you say about the internet you know for a fact if you're taking shit on the internet you're not going to get voted yeah. so why would you say that just with Chris Christie Chris Christie said that he was going to ban marijuana federally that ended his whole campaign he did that's on purpose. why I wouldn't like him yeah well also he's, he's a full-blown retard I'm, I'm a fat guy myself you don't hear me <laughs> preaching discipline yeah. on podcasts right this guy's like yeah I'm talking about discipline meanwhile he spent like $80,000 on food over the course of four, four years <laughs> at like football games that sounds yeah that sounds correct <laughs> The whole presidential field is not looking good. John McAfee is running a libertarian candidate. He's running on a platform of pardoning all marijuana users in jail and have America stop being the world policeman. And he's about to accept the nomination in a month or so at their national convention for the Libertarian Party. He was actually trying to shake up the status quo by running as the cyber party. Yeah. And that was going to be the platform for open internet. Now, this is the so same... he could be a good candidate. He is a questionable person now, this of interest is... <laughs> in a murder. Now, this is John McAfee. Belize the same as John McAfee uh, let's talk about a little bit about John McAfee yeah let's John McAfee the old man with a 16 year old girlfriend okay who uh, posted on a internet forum out of nowhere and said I have a new recipe for a bath salt that'll make your exact words I'm pretty sure exact words are I'm paraphrasing slightly your hot hard and like rub your skin raw okay then they said was that you he said no then uh, supposedly he was manufacturing this bath salt in Belize he lost his coffee he received the call the police that there were cops waiting on the beaches with machine guns waiting for him. And then when the police showed up, like, what's going on? There were no police there. The one that's on the run that called into different podcasts as he's, like, in the middle of South America. Yeah, he called an Alex Jones show. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Uh, this guy, I'll be honest with you. Besides the fact that he's a 7 year old dude fucking a 16-year-old girl, that's, I think, you know, I'm not one for regulations, but I'm pretty sure that completely disqualifies you from running for president. Well, you know what? He's a lot better than Hillary and that's what, Trump. Yeah. And, and watch this. You're saying that. And they Jeb get, Bush? They said to get the president. Be like, all right, guys, new rule. Uh, here's this. He's going to start his own religion. This is how they all fucking do it. Like, all, all religions, cults, and weird dudes, they, they want one thing. They don't care about the religion. They care about fucking chicks, right? Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, Muhammad, John Smith. They all said the same thing. Hey, guys, funny story. I talked to God. God said I have to fuck all your daughters and all your wives. I'm so, You know, it's the cross I got to bear, you know, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you ain't, that's going to happen on a federal level. You're going to have old man rivers up there tweaking out on bath salt. <laughs> Can't even keep his eyes open, you know? <laughs> okay, um, well, this is what troubles me about the presidential election. Let's just go to Bernie Sanders for a second. He's talking about ending the drug war. They're not going to let him do that, so what's the point for somebody giving 
giving us that positive kind of hope. Anarchy's the way, oh, we just need mass riots. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, well, or the people in office that represent the will of the people. Well, and we want the drug war ended, or at least decriminalized weed legally. Definitely got to get the people that are in jail out of it and expunge their records. I'm not so worried about legalization. I'm more worried about decriminalization. I don't think the government should have the right to legalize or decriminalize anything. I say just decriminalize all drugs across the board. That's what they did in Portugal. How is that different? By decriminalizing, just means that you know you can't get penalized for it. They don't go after you. By legalizing, now the government's involved, right? Just like in Colorado, yeah. the government's taking hella wop with taxes, right? Which is really helping state tax and local tax. But the problem I found, and it truly is a problem, it's kind of like Bernie Sanders, man, he wants to get us on to be like a Denmark or a sweep, okay? He wants us to really be this Nordic socialist. I don't know the actual term. You know the term I'm talking about, was it democratic socialism and man there's problems with that because i'll be honest with you dude i grew up poor my entire life okay we're literally recording this podcast in a trailer park right now okay and let it be known but i do not believe that the rich people in this country should be penalized now i'm not talking about like the rothschilds the big banking cartels of them I'm talking about like that. Dude, if, if me and you, we get together, right? We go, our podcast, man, Black Helicopter News, close the fuck up. We become fucking millionaires, right? Everyone's got a Black Helicopter News bumper stick. Why should me and you get penalized for being more productive than the rest of, the, of society, right? Yeah. That's not right. No. No, and because, oh, you're bringing more money in. I'm like, we should not be penalizing these people. We should be giving them incentives to not put their money abroad. There's a reason why the rich people keep putting their money in Jamaica and all of it, you know, in other countries and learning the money through like Switzerland and stuff like that because we have all these federal regulations and federal tie downs and it's really like pushing industry that's why we lost our our, our our production our whole industry man the whole car manufacturing industry through all these federal regulations got pushed out of this country right which is why you know me and you can't say college i want to work at the chevrolet plant i'll do that make sixty thousand a year work there my whole life give my family a good meal i don't want to do that but i'm saying like we don't we don't have the opportunity to do that because that entire industry got pushed out dude look at this fucking look at all these places newark trenton pittsburgh all these places were like these really big industrial cities and don't get me wrong we're moving beyond that we're moving we move towards a service society now we're moving even further we're moving towards this like media industrial new thing but i just don't think that we should penalize these about the people and now poor people the way i look at it is this right oh socialism blah, 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 blah. you know capitalism sucks why does capitalism suck right dude i work my ass off but guess what if i need more money i'll get a second job i'll get a third job is it rough yeah but you know it is what it is and you know there's just ways to do things and like bernie sanders as much as i really enjoy him i think he has his heart in the right place i don't think he knows what the hell he's talking about and i think that he will start the slippery slope that's going to lead us down to a more socialist society which i don't think would be right because at the end of the day man when we lose specialization and we go towards that more slope why should the guy who's digging ditches out front hard work hard work why should he get paid the same as a, as a brain surgeon but eight years of school in yeah that's a good point that's all slippery slopes that are all related to democratic socialism we be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. scheduled program to bring you this terrifying report. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just 
Pancakes. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? New York very much a city still in chaos. The phones are not working properly. The subway lines are not working properly. The sky now blank with smoke in front of us, just across the Tigris River here. This is shock and awe, Tom, for the population of Baghdad. Shock and awe, indeed. The people you liberate will witness the honorable and decent spirit of the American military. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. Come on. It is a big idea, a new world order. I love my dad. I'd kill for him. I'd go to prison for him because I love him so much. I love Bill Clinton. What does that make Hillary Clinton to the Bush family? <laughs> my sister-in-law. When you are subverting the power of government, that, that's a fundamentally dangerous thing to democracy. What do you think of Edward Snowden? I think he's a traitor. Obama is the one that kills the U.S. troops if the Russians bomb any of them. Obama is the one that put them in harm's way. Obama is the one using them as human shields. It is the most corrupt, degenerate, criminal government in American history. I'm here to warn people. You keep telling me to shut up. This isn't a game. People that have taken your asses out in this building right now, we're armed to the teeth and we're not scared. You got that, you sons of bitches? In 2012, your agency was saying, quote, the Salafists, the Muslim Brotherhood, and Al-Qaeda in Iraq are the major forces driving the insurgents in Syria. Mm -hmm. In 2012, the U.S. was helping coordinate arms transfers to those same groups. Why did you not stop that? Why didn't you come forward before? What were you waiting for? Well, for you, Inspector, I needed you. I suddenly had this feeling that everything was connected. We're all part of it. Are we ready for it? We don't have to conform to one society or not. We can tiptoe in a little bit. Like, we've been a socialist country in certain regards since at least, like, the 30s and 40s. You know, we have public schools, yeah. we have public roads, public works, public utilities. We have a lot of these different things. But we need to just be very cautious as a society that we don't go full-blown down the slope because we're looking for something easier because we don't want to put the hard work, you know? Makes sense. My only problem is that 50% of the income is owned by 1% or 3%, some small. Amount. Well, that's where capitalism uh, on its own, without government intervention, is very benign. It's just the way it is right like but the problem is when government gets involved and we get this like fashion literally fascism I'm not, I'm not just saying like you know Alex Jones style fascism where everything's a fashion no, I'm telling you, like literally corporations getting in bed with government so in a pure capitalist anarcho-capitalist society corporations can exist so corporations are set up to take the liability off of individuals so if me and you start baking cookies we start selling cookies because we can up love cookies now, if somebody eats our cookies because we weren't keeping our food safe, you know, true capitalist society, they could sue us because we, we, we poison them, but not if we have a corporation. If we have a corporation, they have to sue Andrew and Damien's cookie plaza. You see this, right? So they getting sued personally are limited liability companies or Z Corp. You mean like, that's bullshit, man. Because if we do something that hurts someone, we should be personally liable. Yeah. Right? Like, dude, if we're a construction company and we drive a fucking bulldozer into a school, Damien and Andrew should be <laughs> arrested or we should be sued for damages. Not, our company shouldn't just be like, all right, well, our company was sued. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and think about that's the way it's going. It's expanding corporate influence. We're an oligarch. Recent studies have You've been shown in that. Yet. Yeah. So how do we stop that? That just keeps growing. You know, there's two ways I think we can end this whole thing. Really change it. The one way is a very unpopular way. 
You know, it was said by Che Guevara, which everybody loves Che Guevara, but they don't really know that he was a dickhead, he was a racist. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't support him, but he did say, as popular war advances, peace is close. And there is something to be said, where if U.S. people just stood up and said, Huff you, man. It didn't even go down a path of violence. Just stood up and said, Huff you, come get it. Even if government used nuclear weapons on its populace, they would not be able to take us all down. There's too many. Right, if we just stormed our state capitals, stormed the White House. You know, a story I told yesterday on the podcast was that during Woodstock, there were 500,000 people in Woodstock. The New York state governor was terrified he was going to send in 5,000 National Guard. They said, don't do it to his advisors because if they start, God forbid, shots start getting fired, all these unarmed people can literally march their asses into Albany, take down the state government, then march to D.C. And no one can stop them. Right? So think think about that, right? So that's one route. That's a route I don't support. I hope we never go down that route. I thought we were going to really go down that path when the whole Black Lives Matter thing happened with Ferguson, uh, all these things. The other path is that through gradual awareness, through doing podcasts, through talking, through discourse, through all these things, I think that we can really, really just, uh, more people think like, yo, we're sitting here, we're just talking, man, you know? And somebody might hear this and say, you know what, man? I was a really big Trump supporter. But you know what? I think a little bit differently now. I think that's the route we should take. Just more gradual, trying to win over the the population with yeah optimism and just thought and you know and depth and hopefully that'll work because this country was formed on the bias of you know okay we've been talking for a while when are we gonna pull out the guns that's how we were formed and hopefully we don't need to go down that path again because it'd be a lot worse this time around you know yeah we turn into afghanistan real quick um want to get a little spaced out for a minute i'm down with it brother so there's some irregularities that suggest the earth's moon could have been engineered truth or disinfo this is for you to decide yeah but i found some interesting pieces of information Information. In 69, NASA intentionally crashed a lunar module that was equivalent to a ton of TNT into the moon's surface. And it reverberated for over 30 minutes and rang like a bell and wobbled in such a precise way, almost as if it had gigantic hydraulic struts or something. Wow. Also, the moon contains elements that it shouldn't. Titanium, but besides that, processed metals. One I saw, uranium-236. That's a radioactive metallic element that's a byproduct of nuclear reactors. How'd that get there? Also, like I was saying, it doesn't seem to have a solid core. Researchers are almost 100% sure it's hollow. Kind of like Earth. <laughs> the, con- <laughs> the concentrations of mass are located at a few locations just below surface. Well, that's odd. Yeah. And also, some scientists believe the moon is older than the Earth by 800,000 years. One more thing. It's incredible orbit. It's the only moon in a solar system that has a stationary, nearly perfect circular orbit. And also, only one side is visible to us. There's also so towers and structures that are on the moon. Yeah, um, I'm pretty happy we're gonna se- we're gonna send off this this episode with, with this topic because um, first of all, I think we need to preface this that me and you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We are right. not trained moon physicists. But here's what I need to address: that as per, I want to just hit up different topics, the different things you said. The one thing is that the uh, nuclear, whatever you said, the uh, elements, uranium. Yeah, th- weird things have happened. I brought up Graham Hancock before. Graham Hancock was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He talked about how there's weird nuclear isotopes all over the planet, and there's nuclear glass all throughout Eastern and Western Europe. And now, first, now if you look at that, you would think immediately, that means a nuclear weapon was used. And he goes, no, that means a massive comet hit the Earth going this much you know, speed. So I think that there are possibilities that weird elemental things could hit the moon. Because it's funny that we've been looking at the moon, we believe, for at least the last 12,000 years as a people. Right? Probably a lot longer. I do believe that we've been around for much longer than we believe. However, I have no qualms and no doubts that I do truly, it may be an optimistic thought, a belief in extraterrestrials. It, it is optimistic too. Everyone's like, why is it optimistic? Because 
What's scarier that we live in a universe filled with tens of thousands of different species, different races, and different creatures, or that we don't, that we live alone, that we literally are just this floating rock that is only, you know, around until one day the sun will grow and wipe out everything, or a puffing, one of the meteors will just hit Earth again and we'll go back to a molten state. That, to me, is far more scary. And I want to doubt, listen, I don't know if you are on the same topic. We caught a star recently that 80% of its light was blocked. Not blocked from the side or from the bottom. It was blocked in different angles. They believe, not believe, there's some people who are suggesting that it could be some sort of a planetary device that an advanced society would build, because we've already theorized how to do it. We build a structure around the sun to absorb its energy. So I don't doubt for a second that an advanced society would create a satellite, a natural looking satellite, to observe a planet, possibly a, a colonial thing. And, you know, I was a big ancient alien dude for a while. I really was, I was deep, bro. I was so deep. I got my poor grandma mother from being a Roman Catholic being an ancient alien theorist, okay? (laughs) And, you know, it would not shock me for a minute that if there were creatures who at one point, maybe not now, had stationed themselves on the satellite or orchestrated the satellite or something along the lines. And, um, I think in the future, we're gonna find much weirder shit. And I think we're gonna find it in the ocean. I think that's gonna be where we start to figure out everything. Because, uh, we're doing these new programs where we're searching, we're mapping the ocean floor. And that's going to completely change the way we render society. You know? They could find Atlantis. They could find it, bro. Or they could find the hole to Hollow Earth. Maybe Hitler would be sitting down with a cigar, him and Stalin. I'm sure if he's there, they have life extension technology. <laughs> he's probably looking like he did in his prime. He's sitting there with the grays. He's chilling there with Ava LeBron, a bunch of blonde women. I could see it, bro. I could see it. Hey, I bet he... <laughs> hey, the gods told him he has to fuck all the Hollow Earth women. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, hello, Hollow Earth. I'm sorry. I spoke to the gods. So this is going to probably wrap up this episode, but last Last time you were here, Symphony of Crows was almost about to launch. So can you tell us all about your updates? And yeah, man. Going on with you? I'm going to plug a couple things. So just want to say thanks for having me on again. You know, like this is awesome. I totally support. You've been talking about doing these podcasts for years. Yeah. Years, several years. So Symphony of Crows came out December 3rd and I moved the entire print run. I have several copies left around that I have to ship out. But as for the first print run, it is moved. Okay. Which is awesome. Right. I, I moved a hundred books. It was really fun to do. Uh, I didn't push as hard as I wanted to, but I just went to readings. I did my thing. I'll have another print run the second week of January. So anybody who would want to order when this podcast comes out, go to indigentpress.com slash store. And also, I'm doing some readings in the new year. Uh, January 8th, I will be reading at Dino's on Main. That's a big place in Asbury Park. It's, and it's I a will time be restaurant. there. Yeah, with awesome. for Black Helicopter <laughs> Black News. Helicopter News. But as for that, one more thing, man. I just want to plug my podcast, which you're about to be on after yep. you take a little bit of a break. I'm doing a new podcast called The Damien Rucci Hour, where I'm going to be talking to poets, talking to musicians, talking to interesting people, and just bringing some knowledge out to the world, man. Thanks for having me on again, brother. No problem. And I'm looking at the book right now, Symphony of Crows. That's something you need to pick up right now. A new chapter of mine that I'm working on for the uh, new year. I'm doing a bunch of poems about our modern society and the way we use social media and the way we, like, interact with the world. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be called Swipe Right for Love You. You know what I mean? So that's the working title of this project. But man, thanks for having me on, brother. All right. You're the man, dog. All right, man. Take care.